You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and the environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Our guest today is Melanie Kahn, the director of the Stop Puppy Mills campaign for the Humane Society of the United States. Melanie became involved in the puppy mill issue after covering a rescue operation by the HSUS in Kentucky as a television journalist. She will discuss the recent change by the Department of Agriculture on regulating the sale of puppies online, why despite USDA regulations, the buyer should be aware when purchasing puppies from pet stores or from online sellers. However, first a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and welcome to our guest, Melanie Kahn, who heads up the efforts of the Humane Society of the United States to stop puppy mills. Hi, it's great to be here. Oh, it's great having you. I've been looking forward to this, particularly this month, because earlier the president of the HSUS wrote on September 10th in his blog that tens of thousands of dogs will finally get the protection they deserve as a result of a rule the U.S. Department of Agriculture will formally adopt today, end of quote. So what was he specifically referring, Melanie? Well, Wayne Baselli, the president and CEO of the Humane Society of the United States, was specifically referring to this large loophole that existed in the USDA regulations that allowed puppy mills to sell online. And we're talking those even with hundreds of dogs to escape any kind of licensing or inspection by the USDA. Now, keep in mind, online they are selling thousands of puppies a year to consumers. So what's so great about this new rule is that it solves a problem that has allowed these thousands of abusive puppy mills to flourish for decades sight unseen. 
a lot of these, I've seen some of those online ads and they confuse me because, it, you know, they're saying that uh, homebred and small breeders and things like that. So if even with the USDA protecting, you know, uh, the dogs now, if I'm a, a buyer, how can I check out whether they're a big puppy mill or a local uh, breeder who's humane and caring? Well, you bring up a very good point. To be sure, this rule does not solve the problem of puppy mills. What it does is ensure that there are eyes on dogs in these huge facilities that are selling dogs online to the public. But that's why consumer protection laws are so important at the state level. Like you said, people who sell dogs online are selling them, you know, showing beautiful pictures of of these open fields where these beautiful, well-fed, well-cleaned dogs are running and playing and look happy, but that is rarely, if ever, the reality. But consumers are duped into thinking that, which is why they make these purchases. At the end of the day, we all know that if consumers really knew where these dogs were coming from, they wouldn't be buying them. So the best thing you can do as a consumer is not purchase a dog online or in a pet store or from a breeder that you haven't met in person. Responsible breeders do not sell their dogs online to anyone who just gives them a credit card. That's because they care about where their puppies are going. So if you are going to go to a breeder instead of a shelter or rescue, make sure it's a responsible breeder. And the way you do that is by going to the breeder's property and seeing personally the parents of the dog and where your puppy was born and raised. Well, that's good advice because I'm looking at our own experience with uh, earlier dogs we've had and going to a breeder, you can certainly see the the environment the puppy was born into and and even if the father of the puppy isn't there, the mom will be and you can see her and how she is and even talk to the owners and uh, get an idea about, you know, their feelings and care uh, for dogs. So I think that's really great advice. And what about pet stores still? I mean, you walk in there and you see a lot of cute little puppies for sale. Are most of those from puppy mills too? Yes, they are. And the reason we know that is because we work with responsible breeders, people who do it right, quote unquote, all over the country. And unequivocally, they state that they do not sell their dogs to pet stores because they care about where their puppies are going. So they want to be the ones to personally sell their dogs and place their dogs with families. They lose that oversight completely if they're selling their dogs to pet stores. That means that the only source of puppies that pet stores have are irresponsible breeders and or puppy mills. You know, and that's regardless of what pet stores tell consumers. We've done undercover investigations all over the country where we have caught owners of pet stores and employees of pet stores on camera literally lying to us and lying to other consumers in the store about the origins of their puppies. We hear the phrase a lot, oh, we only buy from small local private breeders. Well, that's just not true. Regardless of what they say, puppy mill puppies are sold in pet stores. Why should I care? I mean, the dog looks cute and healthy. I want to buy a pooch for my uh, kid, maybe for Christmas. Isn't it a good idea just be able to see that rather than go do what you say and go out and take the time to shop and everything for, for a dog? Well, one of the things that I think everyone has to remember is when you purchase a dog, you're talking about a 10 to 15 year 
average commitment. This is a living creature that you're bringing into your family. Most of us do research on a car that we'll buy that we'll keep for, you know, four to six years. A dog you're going to be having in your home, not in your garage, in your home for twice that period of time. So isn't it worth it to do your homework to find out where the dog was coming from? Not only are you contributing to the cycle of cruelty if you purchase a dog from a puppy mill, you're condemning that puppy's mother and father to the life of cruelty in that puppy mill. But even though the puppy may look cute and clean and pretty in the pet store at the time, that puppy may be sick. Many puppy mill puppies that are sold in pet stores or online do end up sick. We get the calls from consumers every day that are heartbroken that have spent thousands of dollars on vet bills that they didn't expect to spend. And their puppy is still sick and or has passed away as a result. So as a consumer, by doing your research, you're not only stopping the cycle of cruelty and not contributing to it, but you're also doing your best to ensure that you won't have those extra medical costs and expenses and that you are going to be getting a healthy, well-bred puppy. That's really good advice. You know, you were talking about that cycle of cruelty. And prior to joining the HSUS, you were an investigative reporter. And can you share with us what you personally saw while covering a HSUS puppy mill rescue in Kentucky? Absolutely. I can tell you that I was, prior to covering this particular raid with the Humane Society of the United States, I was very ignorant of the puppy mill problem that exists in this country. I had no idea that there are about 10,000 puppy mills in this country that keep dogs in these absolutely horrible conditions. I was shocked. And you can imagine, as a reporter, you see and cover some pretty horrible stories. But this was by far the worst thing that I had ever experienced or seen as a news reporter in my life. I was touched by it. I saw dogs who were crammed into tiny, filthy cages. They were starving. They didn't have food and water. They were exposed to the elements, heat, cold, snow, wind, rain, you name it. Some were suffering from wounds, broken bones, eye infections, ear infections. It was just the most horrific thing that I had ever seen, which is why I eventually left the news industry and came over to work for the Humane Society of the United States so I could help try and stop this problem in our country. Wow, that's amazing. I've heard from, you know, people who have actually been on raids and, and or undercover and it's just heartbreaking to hear because you see those puppies cleaned up and, you know, at the pet stores and you can't even imagine the environment they came from. No, I mean, you know, in pet stores, the pictures online, you know, the dogs that are at flea markets or the side of the road and Walmart parking lots, those are puppy mill dogs. And it is a huge farce to think that these dogs are coming from a humane environment. They're not. They're cleaned up right before they are shown to the consumer. That is totally amazing. It's time to take a break, but we'll be right back and learn if what Melanie saw as a reporter, well, we already know it had an impact on her career, but we'll learn just what she's doing now, helping the Humane Society of the United States fight puppy mills. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson, music to your ears. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest is Melanie Kahn, who has just told us about her experience as a reporter and covering a Humane Society of the United States rescue of dogs from a puppy mill. Melanie, it's obvious that your experience had an impact on your career decision. And can you tell us what you're doing now for the Humane Society specifically? My role with the Humane Society right now is I lead the national campaign to stop puppy mills. We are the largest campaign in the country focusing specifically on this problem. We work on all levels of government when it comes to public policy, local, state, and federal government. As we just learned through the USDA retail rule, we've been working with the USDA for over a decade on this rule. So it is a a huge victory and will put a huge chink, I think, in the puppy mill industry in our country. We also work on public education efforts across the nation that includes our puppy-friendly pet store pledge, where we encourage pet stores to stop selling puppies if they currently sell puppies in their stores and facilitate relationships with local shelters and rescues so that homeless animals can get a better chance at finding homes. We work on other kinds of advocacy efforts, working with advocates. We work with responsible breeders across the country. Um, And of course, we engage in puppy mill rescues and raids where need be. Wow, that's very helpful. And, you know, I was wondering, again, can you tell people what they should do and where they should go if they want a puppy, both either a registered one or if they don't care about papers? Sure. The best thing to do, truthfully, is 
to consider adoption from your shelter or rescue. Or if you are going to buy a puppy, buy only from a responsible breeder who you have met in person and whose facility you have gone to or home you have gone to so that you can see the parents of the puppy and see where the puppy was born and raised. And when it comes to papers like AKC, CKC, APRI, let's be very clear. Those are completely meaningless. It doesn't guarantee the pedigree of the puppy. It doesn't guarantee the pedigree of the parents. And it certainly doesn't ensure that you are getting a healthy, well-bred puppy, which is completely contrary to common belief. Right, right. I recall seeing even on the AKC website that they don't make any claim about the papers as a guarantee to the health of the dog, only the fact that its parents were registered with the AKC, essentially. Is that correct? That's correct. All it requires is sending in a check to the AKC with a form and you get your registration, i.e. papers. So make no mistake about it. If you have papers, they are completely meaningless. We were talking about the cycle of cruelty and, you know, I've had some people say, well, if we don't buy a puppy, it's just going to stay in the puppy store. But, you know, if you really look into it, you know, the life of the, the mother, the breeding dogs is, is not really uh, a great life. Can you tell us a little bit about the dogs that keep to breed? Yeah, it's really, you know, first I want to say that I know that people are concerned about the dogs that are in pet stores, what happens to them if they don't get sold. Well, we know that the pet stores will basically just keep marking down the price of the puppy until it's sold. So eventually that puppy is going to find a home. But if you purchase a puppy from a pet store, you are ensuring that that puppy's mother and father are continuing to live in the puppy mill that they live in, churning out puppies every heat cycle. For mother dogs, if they're bred every heat cycle, typically their fertility wanes at about six years old. And at that point, typically what happens in puppy mills is those dogs are discarded or killed. And it isn't something that any of us should sanction by putting money back into the puppy miller's coffers by purchasing the dogs that they're selling. Now, you said killed. You didn't use the word euthanized. I assume the word killed was meant to be as killed. Is that correct? Yes. I can't say that all puppy millers don't humanely euthanize. I'm sure there are some that do. However, from the evidence that we've collected, we do see more often than not that the cheapest way to get rid of dogs is to either discard them, unload them on shelters, or just let them out in the community, or by other means of getting rid of them. And euthanasia drugs are typically more expensive, so they prefer other means like drowning and gunshots. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, that's incredible. Melanie, I ask all my guests this question. With all the human misery and suffering in the world, how can you justify the expenditure of your time, of resources, and money advocating for animals? Well, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I think that all of us have a social responsibility to take care of all living creatures. And that's what the Humane Society of the United States does. I think you're absolutely right. I, I mean, if, if we can't take care of the creatures that can't speak for themselves, then uh, the humanity doesn't extend very far. Where can I get more information about the work the Humane Society of the United States is doing to stop the puppy mills? Well, all of our work and 
list of ways that you can help and get involved with us is available on our website at humanesociety.org backslash puppy mills. And we would be glad to hear from anyone who wants to get involved with our campaign. If I wanted to get involved, what kind of things would you be or could I do? Oh, there are many things that people can do if they want to try and stop puppy mills. Writing letters to the editor of your local newspaper about the issue, writing and calling your local and state and federal lawmakers. They're the ones who make decisions about these issues. You can also do things like ask your local pet store if they sell puppies to stop and to facilitate a relationship between the local shelter. Instead, have have homeless animals in the store. There are just so many things that people can do to help stop puppy mills. And if all of us get involved, it's definitely a problem that will stop. I think that's really something to, to remember because this is something that we can, can really stop and end. It's not a social issue that may just go on forever as long as humanity lasts. And what about, do you have any hints of not only from puppy mills, but I do know that pet stores have a big increase in sales around the holidays, and, but not just puppy mills. What about just, is it a good idea to get a dog during the holidays? It depends. Like I said before, bringing a dog into your family is a huge commitment. It's, it's a 10 to 15 year average commitment. So it's something that you have to be ready for regardless of where you're getting your dog from. So we don't usually advocate getting a puppy as a gift for someone. It's an important investment for your time, for your resources, and everyone in your family needs to be prepared to make that kind of an investment in a puppy that you're bringing into your home. So if it's just sprung on someone, sometimes that situation does not work out well. But we do also know that during the holiday season, more people purchase puppies than at any other time of the year. And the majority of those puppies are being purchased in pet stores and online, which, as we said before, is something that we tell consumers not to do. Because not only are you contributing to the cycle of cruelty, but the likelihood of you getting a dog that is sick because it came from a puppy mill is very, very high. I read that after the holidays, there's an increase in uh, dogs that are surrendered or relinquished to uh, shelters. So I think there might be a correlation there. Is it, am I correct? Oh, absolutely. Making- we know that there is a correlation. We've studied this issue, and we do know that there is a correlation, and it's really unfortunate. Right now, about 60 to 70 percent of dogs who are in shelters are owner surrenders. These are not dogs that were strays or just found on the street. These are dogs that were either adopted or purchased by someone and then given up for a wide variety of reasons. But we do see an increase in the number of dogs coming into shelters and rescues after the holiday season because people made impulse purchases and bought puppies as gifts for people who really weren't ready to make that kind of a commitment. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I was, uh, my dog, um, Max A. Pooch, he was relinquished at six months of uh, age and complete with his registration papers. And I think with him, what happened is somebody on an impulse bought this cute roly-poly little eight-week-old lab. And at six months, he was an obnoxious teenager who, you know, you had to exercise and spend some time with. Right. Having a dog is a huge commitment. There's no getting around that. Maybe pet stores ought to start selling stuffed animals. (laughs) 
<laughs> we would be very happy if they did. Well, Melanie, uh, it's been great having you with us. We've run out of time. And Max A. Pooch and I thank you for being with us today. Your work makes you one of Max A. Pooch's favorite animal advocates. Thanks I'm again. I'm very happy to hear that. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. We want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about Awesome Animal Advocates. And a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Max A. Pooch gives them five big tail-wagging woofs. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.